Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Today is Thursday, August 4th. I think that I failed this summer. I failed it. For myself, not for people, not for family, but I think I failed it to myself because uh, I didn't go on any vacation this uh, this summer. Not that I yeah, made it a goal to, you know, to do that. You know, I'm saying this because summer is like about to be over. At least like the, uh, um, not the calendar summer, but like the the time to have fun summer. You know, school's gonna be starting up soon, colleges, um, and it's just it's it's like the point in the year where it's like okay, well, it's not summer's not technically over, but it kind of is over. You know. Everything's booting back up and everything's getting ready to go to get back into full swing. And I thought that I would have been able to take a vacation. Not that I need it, but, you know, I thought to myself, like, hey, why why not just, you know, take a trip somewhere and go? I mean, I still have time, right? I still have time to take a vacation if I wanted to. Uh, it just would be, you know, I would, I, I would have to uh, truly see where I would want to go. Um, I probably wouldn't like travel out of state just because, um, that, that, that would cost me a flight and a hotel. And I, I just, you know, I, I, I'm more comfortable with taking a little vacation, not, not something drastic or big either, but like something small, I'd rather do that in California. And here in California, we are blessed to have both mountains and beaches, um, some states have both, like, uh, you know, California, also Oregon, and uh, Seattle also have them. New York, they kind of got them with the Appalachians right there. They, they kind of have them, too. Um, but those landlocked states, right, the Kansas, or not Kansas, well, I guess Kansas, Missouri, uh, Montana, well, they have mountains there. Um, they don't really have access to beaches, and let's say, you know, travel from to one, you know, coast of the country, you know. And uh, I, when I grew up, I was always kind of a mountain guy. Because when I was a kid, we used to go camping every summer. We would always go to um, Yosemite. And, uh, you know, just like camp out with some family for like a week or so. And we would actually like really camp out. Like, I mean, like tent, um, campfire. Um, no bathrooms, or I mean, no shower, my bad. Definitely there were bathrooms, uh, no showers, uh, no power really, which did suck, and no phone service. But back then, man, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun because, you know, we made the experience fun. We would go bike riding, we would play, uh, board games, card games, go to the river, go rafting, you know, and then we would, we would always like go to the, you know, the Yosemite Valley and we would, um, we, that's where we would do all that stuff. And then we would take showers there because that's where you could take a shower. And most people go to the Yosemite Valley anyway, but like if you, you know, have been there a lot your life, you, you kind of, at least my family do, we kind of went to these little off, um, these other campgrounds that are like, um, uh, higher up than the Yosemite Valley where it's much cooler than the Yosemite Valley. But, you know, we would still go there, and we used to have a lot of fun. And um, I remember, like, 
it was always just like a really fun time for everybody because we would just kick back and you know just have a lot of fun and the fact that there, there was no phone service you didn't have any you know calls from work you didn't have any um you know have to worry about things this was also back when like i didn't really have all that much access to internet it was back when i had like a uh a really cheap phone, like like pre-iPhone days where you couldn't just, you know, access internet and not worry about the bill was just skyrocketing. Um, it was just, you know, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, did a lot of hikes there, too. I did hike up Half Dome, Yosemite Falls. Um, and let me tell you this. You know, you, you could... Um, <clears throat> You could exercise, run, you know, lift weights. I mean, you know, do whatever endurance workouts that you do. I guarantee you hiking up mountains is pretty damn tough. Not only because it's just like a lot of walking, which is, you know, it's a blessing when it is just a flat walk. But it's a lot of incline and a lot of like steep, steep, steep incline. You're not just inclining, you know, walking or covering ground with nothing but your shoes and your shirt, right? You got like a backpack, some waters, food, um, you know, gizmos, uh, maybe a pair of socks in case one of them gets all soiled, stuff like that. You know, water bottles and all that. It's just like a lot of, you know, baggage that you got to carry because you got to survive on this trip because you can't just go and not be have any fuel, you know, to keep going, right? It's like, it's like a... It, it almost kind of brings you back to um, days where people had to, you know, go on, you know, voyages across the country to see what's out there. I mean, it's 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 clearly not that, but it does kind of bring you back to that type of, you know, how that might have felt. I don't know what it is. I think it's because you're like just in nature and you just get that feel like, oh, man, I am surrounded by just nature. I know it's a national park. And it's, you know, not technically the wild, you know, you know, like super wild, wild. Like there's people, tourists everywhere. There's people hiking along with you. It's not like you're by yourself. But just that, you know, that feeling of, you know, being with nature and hearing the animals and hearing the birds and seeing like rodents and squirrels just, you know, climb up trees and all that and seeing these great views along the hiking trail. I mean, it, it's, it's just something about it that brings out that, oh, yeah, I'm like, we are one with nature. Like, this is, this is fun. This, this, it's like, I think that, you know, playing video games and, you know, talking, my, talking with my friends is like the best thing that I can do. But it's like, no, this is really where it is all at because you just feel good. And the air is so fresh. It's not as hot as it is, you know, in the valley. It's like, dang, this this feels good. This is great. So I, you know, I miss that. I do miss that. I mean, that was, I, 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 I like to tell myself that I would do it again, but I don't know if I would do the, you know, the straight camp. Maybe rent a cabin. Maybe rent like a little, not a hotel, but like a, you know, a cabin and still do that because I don't know if I could go days without showering like I used to when I was much younger. Right, I mean, like when you get older to to a certain age in your life, you're like, oh man, I gotta shower every single day because I just cannot, you know, be be around people smelling like this or looking like this. I just can't. So those days are officially over. 
Um, I need a cabin with running water, power, internet, and all that good stuff. Maybe not internet, but like at least running water and a shower. I would love that. I would love to have that. Some of my friends actually, they went even to the more extreme. They would go backpacking. And I mean like just like on a trail, going to a destination with nothing but what's on your back in your backpack. Uh, just survive for days. That means no shower unless you like found a lake or a river and just like took a dip. But like I was like, dude, I mean, how did you do that? I mean, where where do you go to the bathroom? That's like also a thing. It's like whenever I go camping, there's always like a public bathroom there. Even where there's no showers, there's a public bathroom at least. That way you can do your business. Oh man, but I, I could not imagine actually backpacking. I mean, I think I would do it. But I feel like I would just be like, oh, man, like, I, I, I'm so, at least for the first day, you know, I'd be like, I'm out of my element. What am I doing? What, how, how do I, what is this? But, you know, at the end of the day, I'd be like, all right, I mean, we're cool, right? This is fine. Um, but, yeah, those were fun times, fun times. I also love going to the beach. I'm not, I, I wasn't a big beach guy growing up because just my my family preferred mountains, and camping as to like a day at the beach because I, I and I've never like camped at the beach but I have like spent like you know significant like days at a beach and or, or like near a beach and like gone to a beach you know a few days in a row and it's a lot of fun I, I enjoy it there's like I think that the beaches in California and I've I, I've only been to beaches in California and Hawaii. I got to tell you this, man. I hear a lot of things about other beaches, normally on the East Coast, where whether it's New York, you know, Jersey Shore, uh, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana even, you know, the, the Gulf states. I've heard that the water there is kind of warm. Now, I've personally, I've, you know, the Caribbean, I've never been there, but I, I, I don't think I would want to take a dip in the summer when, when it's hot and, you know, be in, like, bath water. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that that wouldn't be refreshing. Um, I guess it's because I'm used to going to a beach where it's warm, and then you go into the water, and it's cool or cold. That way it's, it feels refreshing. I don't know. Maybe I need to venture out to the East Coast to see what that is all about. I also hear that the humidity there is also pretty bad. Um, but I don't believe it's as bad as people say. If it really was that bad, would people still be living there? Like, I mean, I I don't see why people would live there if the humidity is unbearable, right? Like, I just don't, I, I, I don't think that that's, uh, I don't think it could be that bad. Now, it could be completely wrong. I'm very, I, I might sound very, very, very stupid and naive. I mean, I've never been there. I can, I just, you know, I think that the people there would, you know, have a brain, that way that, you know, it's like, oh, this, I feel sticky when I walk out of my house. I'm leaving here, right? Like, I mean, I mean, it, that's just what people say. You know, maybe you get used to it. Maybe it be, just becomes like second nature. Like, all right, I'm about to go inside. I'm about to get sticky. Let's do it. You know, let's get it. Um, but, you know, I, I, there must be more than, than a, a, more of an appeal to, to just being humid and sticky, right? There's got to be something to the east coast at least because sometimes i get a little confused of why people even live there not just because of the heat not just because it gets you know humidity and getting sticky but like there are hurricanes 
that ravaged the East Coast. Not just like Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, but like New York too. They like get, they get all the way up to New York. And like I just feel like, dude, if there's like a natural disaster, like you have like certain months of the year that that these disasters are going to happen, why would you live there? You know? I would much rather live on the West Coast where you don't get that, but you get earthquakes that could, you know, potentially break all of California off the country, you know, off the continent. You know, it's it's the um it's the adrenaline of not knowing when that will happen, but it will happen eventually. It will happen. Um, but you know, it you never know. Hurricane you do know, right? And you you have to plan around it. You got to board up your, you know, your house every single year. You got to buy sandbags, you got to prepare your food. You just it's it just sounds like a lot of money that you got to spend in order to live there. You got to have flood insurance, hurricane insurance. You know, it's just like a good, it's just like what, you know? Like, well, what's the point? Why, why live there when I know my house might be destroyed every year? It's just like, what's the point? I'm not trying to sound elitist, by the way. I'm not trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about. I clearly do, or I clearly don't. Um, you know, it's just like it's it's just something that I've always kind of, you know, wondered. But that that's because I got there because I was talking about beaches. What the hell am I talking about? Right? I'm I'm more of a mountain guy. I'll say that. But 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 some of the beach areas around, you know, California, Pismo, Cayucas, Avila, Morro Bay, Santa Cruz, they like have a blend. They got a little bit of mountains and, and some beach, which is just a nice sight to see. I have to admit it, because, you know, yeah. It's just, it, it, it's a nice sight. They complement each other. When you, at a beach in California, there's also a little bit of mountains within like a couple miles of the beach, which make it look even better, you know? So if I had to pick between the two um, mountains or beaches, I mean, I, I'd go mountains because you can, there's lakes and rivers and mountains and you can kind of get that beach feel with that while you're in the mountains. So, yeah. You know, the part of getting in the water. Like, beaches have those coastal cities, the pier, uh, sometimes an amusement park or a fair. And that also kind of, like, ties in the whole experience. And it just, you know, it makes the beach experience even better, I think. Um, plus that beach sunset, it's, like, gorgeous, you know. But if I had to pick one, I think I'm going to go mountains. Just because I've had more experience there, and you can have just as much fun in the mountains as you can in the beach, if not even more, more opportunities, more things you can do. You can do. Yeah, it's not as you know cliche or as beautiful as a beach can look, but it's still a great time. It's still a lot of fun. Speaking of vacation and places I would want to go, where I've been thinking, like I would want to go. Um, there was a point in my life when I wanted to actually visit the entire country, or is it continent? Continent of Europe. Um, and I made plans to do it, sort of, very loose plans. I was wanting to go and travel from uh, Eastern Europe to Western Europe and eventually get back on a plane from London and head back to the States. Now, that plan fell through because of uh, COVID-19 happened the year I was supposed to go. Um, what was I actually going to go in my mind? I wanted to, 
my wallet probably would not have allowed me. I probably would have ran out of money the first day, but you know, it would have been quite the adventure. Um, my plan was to just hike, not really hike, but like, I guess hitchhike across Europe and try to find, um, places to stay, people to meet, things to do, food to eat. I, I mean, I hear that the food there is not as filling as it would be in America, so I'd probably have to eat a lot of food there. They also, I hear, also hear that they don't, are not big fans of water, H2O, what I have right now. So that would be, that would kind of suck because I, I need water to, you know, survive. I can't just, you know, hydrate on wine all day and night, you know? I don't know how they, how they do it. Wine and Perrier, or Perrier, whatever, however the French say it, um, that, that to me just doesn't sound like a, a great substitute for decent hydration. Um, so back to the top five countries I would want to uh, visit in Europe. Because, let's face it, like, like the, the top five places I want to visit in the world are all in Europe. So I'm just going to go top five places I would want to visit in the world. Right? Whatever. Or, or you can say Europe, whatever you want. I don't, I'm not trying to like, get people upset about me. This is just what I think, right? So the top five places I would want to travel to. Number one's got to be Italy, right? Italy is probably the most sought-after country to visit. Yeah, it's probably number one on almost everybody's, you know, list. Italy. You got cities like Florence, Milan, uh, Rome, Vatican City, um, uh, Venice, a bunch of places that have history, and they just look cool. I feel like Italy's architecture and design, and just the way the the vibe of Italy, it just looks like, you know, very laid back, very lazy, and a lot of you know, a lot of just you know, looking around. Because I guess you could say like for the entire vibe of Europe is, I, I mean, when I look at Europe. When I look at major countries in Europe, and mainly Italy and like a couple of other southern uh, European countries, I, f- I feel like they have like a very laid back, almost lazy um, lifestyle. I mean, they just kind of sit out all the time. They drink wine, they drink coffee, uh, pizza, pasta, you know, of, of all different varieties from every other region of Italy, and just kind of, you know, hang brain and just have fun. You know, just kind of, I feel like they're drunk all the time, to be honest with you. I feel like they have a lot of huge wine consumption, and it just becomes a problem. But I could be wrong, though. I mean, Italians could be some of the most hardworking people I've ever met. I've just never been there. Sorry for any of the towns that I offended. Um, I did not mean to. Ciao, Bella. But Italy, for one, at number one that I would want to go to, just because of the history, the food, obviously. I love pasta. I love spaghetti. I adore pizza. It's my favorite food of all time. And I want to see if it's any as as good as Domino's in the States. It probably isn't, I'll be honest with you. But I, I just want to see how good it is and see how good Americans made it. How much better Americans made it. Because I got to tell you this, man. Right? I, I, I just feel like the way Italy operates... The way Italy is structured, laid back, you know, skinny. How, 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 however, how they're so skinny, I have no idea. All they eat is pasta all day. Um, I, I feel like their pizza probably isn't as big as ours. 
Like, if you go to New York, which I've never been to, but if you go to New York and you go and you um, you get a slice of pizza, you know, it's probably a pretty good, decent size. I imagine you go to Italy, and in some parts, the pizza, the, the pizza might be like a little square thing, like a little square thing, little Neapolitan thing, um, not like a New York slice big. You know what I'm saying? And even like, you know, compared to like a, a New York slice to like a Little Caesar slice. Doughy, thick, can be crispy, loaded with cheese, you know, ketchup for sauce. I bet you it's nothing like we have in America. Absolutely nothing. Spaghetti might be a little bit closer. I feel like spaghetti and its natural, um, you know, I guess form in Italy is probably... A little bit more flavorful, a little bit more um, meaty than ours. You know, probably not as, I would say maybe thicker. I feel like the noodles in Italy are going to be like much more authentic. Obviously, much more thicker, made of love, you know, with from, uh, you know, whoever made it. I just get that vibe, you know. But I feel like America has pretty much nailed spaghetti, how it would be nailed in Italy. Pizza, though, I doubt it. I, I, I truly doubt that we've that we have even s- close to the same pizza that they have in Italy. Italy. I just, I, I don't think that we do. Um, country number two, uh, that would be Greece. I know that Greece is not in a very good state as an economy, as a country, or at least that's what I'm told by, you know, the news and whatever I've heard. Um, but if I were to go there, I would definitely report and be like, hey, you know, Greece is fine, or yo, Greece is not good, but nonetheless, I would love to travel there. Why? Because of the history of that entire nation, the birthplace, or for what they tell me, the birthplace of democracy. You got Socrates, you got Prometheus, you have Zeus, you have Apollo, you have um, Poseidon, all those boys that lived in that time period and in that country itself Athena you have Athens you have Sparta you have Mykonos you have all those beautiful islands that just look like a postcard drop dead gorgeous I would love to visit that country and just say hey Greece welcome welcome to Al or Al is here to experience Greece I'm pretty sure I would be the most hated man there because um I would be flamboyantly American, and I don't know if Europeans really dig that or care all about, you know, Americans. Who knows? Well, they should because, well, we'll get, well, maybe I'll talk about that later. But Greece, I'm not sure if Greece has any good standout food um, besides feta cheese um, and uh, Greek yogurt. That's pretty much all I know about Greek food. Feta cheese and Greek yogurt. Um, I've never had any of them. I'm sure they're delightful. And if what a better what a better opportunity to, than to go to the birthplace of Greek yogurt and to try authentic Greek yogurt and put some, you know, raspberries, some strawberries, some blueberries in them, grown from Greece, hopefully, and to see what it's all about. I would love to do that. Greece is definitely a number two spot 
on my list because I want to see the Parthenon, I want to see the Acropolis, I want to see Sparta, I want to see where the Battle of 300 took place, those badasses, I want to see the hot gates of Thermopylae, my god, that'd be so sick, could you imagine me, your boy, at the same place where King Leonidas was, man, I would feel like a king, I would feel like such a king, I probably wouldn't even want to leave Greece because I'm like, I would just feel that king, kingliness just melt all over me. Man, I kind of need that right now, to be honest with you. I just, I feel like that would just make my entire life, if I were to stand where Gerard Butler stood at the Battle of 300 against those Persians, man, I think I would just, you know, want to run through a damn wall at that point. Jesus Christ, take me to where they first had the Olympics. I want to climb Mount Olympus or whatever it's called, wherever Hercules is from, I want to climb that too. I want to see where the Battle of Troy was taking place. I want to see all that. Paris, Achilles, I want to see all that shit. I want to see all that. I want to see... That's Is that technically Eastern Europe? I know it's not like, you know, it's not like Hungary or like Yugoslavia. It's not like um, Montenegro. Uh, isn't that a country? Isn't like Montenegro like sort of by, over there? I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. But yes... I would love to go there. I would love to see that place too. Um, number three. Number three. This is just because I would be able to get around easier. It's England. I mean, I speak English. I mean, I, I feel like I speak the better English than they do. I, it's called water, not water, honestly. Um, but um, yeah, I feel like I'd be able to get around there easily. Um, you know, say, what's up, chaps? How we doing? Hello, lads. How you doing, bruv? I could, I could easily, you know, get by, you know, get by in England. Now, you know, wherever I, wherever I land, you know, London, Manchester, Liverpool, you know, uh, Wales, I could do it all. Easy, 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 easy. I would be able to, you know, see the, you know, the cobblestone streets. I would see some castles, whether it be where the Queen lives or, 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 or Buckingham Palace or, you know, um, wherever Garfield was in the Tale of Two Kitties. I mean, that would be such a fun, fun, fun country to visit. And I would go, I would, I would go dressed up as a colonial American soldier and be like, what's up, bitches? Guess who's in town? That's right. The winners. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that because I'd probably get kicked out of the country. But yeah, I would want to go see all those places. Big Ben, the big clock, the London Bridge, the eye, little, the eye, what, what's it called? The Ferris wheel eye. That'd be pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, I think that. I feel like the king of man needs to experience, you know, the old world, the old world of Europe. I want to see those, I want to see those green plains where the Vikings and the Saxons had waged war and battles over land. I mean, that wouldn't that be so sick to see, to actually stand on a country that is so much older than ours and to see, you know, how far it has come and to see... You know, the cliffs of Dover. Um, oh, man, it would be so cool. It would be so sick. I would absolutely love to visit uh, England. And just to, you know, the food might be a little... Okay, okay. you know what? You know what? I'm not going to speak ill on the food there because I, I've never had the food there. But I've heard that the food there sucks. But also, I don't believe what I'm told. I'm not going to just, you know, fall under peer pressure and be gullible and be like, yeah, the food there sucks. That's what I've heard. You know, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to go there and I'm going to have a London roast 
or, or Sunday roast. I'm going to have, um, what else do they have there? I'm going to have fish and chips. I'm going to have some tea with milk, and I'm going to try that shit. And I'm going to report back and be like, hey, you know what? The media has told you lies about food in England. It's actually breathtaking. I'm going to try a full English breakfast with all the fixings, the eggs, beans, toast, bacon, tomatoes, the damn, what is it called, the, the blood sausage. I'm going to have all that shit. I'm going to report back to you and be like, hey, guess what? Everybody who's told you that it sucks is lying because it's not that bad or it could be bad, you know, but I, you know, for the people, we need the firsthand experience, firsthand experience in, you know, eating English food. And I'll report that back if I ever do go, but just, just know me right now, you know, my, my, um, my mentality towards this, I'm pulling for you, England. I don't think your food is as bad as people say. Because who are they to judge you? Huh? Who are they to judge? I will try Vegemite. I will try that. And I will see how good a Bloomin' Onion is. All right? And I will I, I, I will try all your steaks. And I will see if, you know, if all that's any good. All right? You know, um, num- country number four. God, I'm sorry I got on that tangent, but I just had to. You know, this was a toss-up. I was either going to go France or Switzerland. But I go I went with Switzerland because I like chocolate. I feel like um, I need to try the Swiss chocolate besides Toblerone. I'm not sure how authentic Toblerone is. Um, so I would want to try actual Swiss chocolate. And I hope that it's, you know, made in a factory or like a chocolate factory that's in the Swiss mountains or the Swiss Alps, wouldn't that be amazing, just to, you know, hike up the Swiss Alps, just to go to a chocolate factory to get some Swiss chocolate, wouldn't that be great, I mean, I, I would absolutely love it, I mean, that would that would be an absolutely fun time, because, you know, I've seen pictures of the Swiss Alps, and I have to say, they look breathtaking, they look amazing, I would absolutely love to hike that, I've heard that there's no predators there, there's no beasts there's no animals that want to kill you. I have heard that it's, you know, the people there are nice and gorgeous and, you know, just peaceful. I would love to go there. Would you have me, Switzerland? Would you allow me to go to your country to admire your culture, to see everything there? I mean, it, it, it would be such a blast, and I think that I would love it there. Now, I just hope that you would have me because I would I would love to talk, you know, positive about you now of course if you don't want to have me we might have some words to be shared but that that i just that that that's where i would want to go for my number fourth choice in the places that i would love to visit you know i feel like that place would be a lot of fun to see and number five would be spain i think Uh, just because you know i enjoy spanish architecture i think it looks pretty cool um you know, I wouldn't get by at all with language. I would be, I would just be a sitting duck. I'm, I'm not gonna th- say, start th- talking like this because that, that's just silly. Um, p- please pronounce your, your, your s's and z's correctly, Spain. Um, and I've heard, I've heard that's the reason why they do that is because I think that the king of Spain one time, in their country's period, had a lisp, so he had a lisp, and they all just kind of went along with it. Um, 
to me, that just sounds like a, a people that is, uh, you know, will just, you know, believe whatever, you know, the king says. Um, I, I mean, I mean, were they not like thinking like this guy can't even say S's or Z's correctly? Like, what the fuck are we doing? So um, I would love to go to Barcelona to see, uh, you know, the the city of Barcelona. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be fucking stupid. No, no, no. I would though, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk like that, and I would actually kind of laugh at everybody who did talk like that, because that's just insane. I mean, your language actually has a lisp in it, a a constant lisp, and it's just like it, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, top five countries that I would go to: Italy, Greece, England, Switzerland, and Spain. Um, I think that's a definitive list you know, places in, in Europe that you would want to go to, um, honorable mentions, Germany for beer, sausages, and, you know, brats for sure, um, France for baguettes and, uh, croissants for sure, maybe some snails, I would try snails too, um, Sweden for Swedish meatballs, I guess, Swedish, you know, food, um, maybe I'll have some mail, maybe I'll see a Viking ship or something like that, um, what else is an honorable mention, Ireland, I'd love to have some whiskey there, to see the plains, or the, the hills of Ireland, and, uh, yeah, that's about it, that's all the places I would travel to, if I could, and what I would like to see, um, moving on, though, so, I have, you know, I've been late to this for a long time, um, and it's it's something that I, you know, always kind of wanted to to do, but I never got around to it, and I've heard nothing but great things about it, and it's, you know, it's not an experience, it's not a, you know, place I went to, it's a movie, it's a movie that I finally saw after, what, so many years of it just, you know, being there, and people telling me that it's the best, and it's so good, and it's, like, worth you're uh, worth your time and all that and I've seen other movies like it and like I'm like do I really need to see it I mean I've seen movies that are just like it or kind of like it and they're like oh this is you know how much better could it be right so I finally got around to watching The Godfather and you know me I've never ever talked about wanting to watch it or you know putting it on my list or whatever just like you know I was watching um actually before that The Offer yeah, it's it's a it's a docu series, a docu show. It's a show, but it's like it's 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 a depicting of what happened to make The Godfather. You know how it you know what happened behind the scenes to make to get The Godfather made. You know the movie made, and I watched one episode of that, and I'm like, pause. I need to watch The Godfather before I even fucking watch this. So I'm like, all right, I watch The Godfather. I gotta tell you this, man. I've seen Goodfellas, I've seen The Departed, I've seen The Irishman, I've seen, you know, a bunch of other mob movies, right? I've seen um, Shark Tale, um, and I have to admit, I think that The Godfather is the best mob movie ever made. I really, really do, because it doesn't rely on the flashiness, the, the 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 evilness, it the the uh, you know the fantasy about it. It doesn't it doesn't rely on that. I think what the Godfather relies on is the reality of all these people involved 
in the quote family business are in fact a family and that they truly all love each other in such a way that they will do whatever it takes to keep them safe and yes that's in goodfellas that's in irishman that's in the departed but i feel like with this movie in particular the family dynamic is so strong and yet you know so influences how they operate their business that to, to the best that i've ever seen right that you know the best that i've ever seen because like they the, the uh, it made me think that the people who were involved in the mob or the mafia you know they didn't see themselves as bad people whereas in movies like goodfellas you know uh you know they they kind of have a they they're not they don't feel like they're they're the bad guy but they feel like they're they're in in power and i kind of get the feel that they think that they're have a, a you know a power dynamic to them whereas in the godfather it's just like you know people trying to live their lives the best that they can you know with all their family members and the stuff going on how we can you know deal with these problems i just feel like the the family dynamic is so much stronger in The Godfather than in any other mob movie that I've ever seen. And it really emphasizes the family in the family business, not to mention the incredible performances by everybody involved in the movie. And, you know, everybody's, you know, how everybody's dynamic with each other, with the story, with what's happening, how it even begins and what it's all about. And how the baton is, you know, tossed and how it, you know, moves forward. Because I also watched The Godfather Part 2. And that also is very great. And how that, you know, doesn't become a, just like a bad sequel. But it's just, it does everything right, man. Like, I really, like, I never, you know, thought that I needed to see it. Because I'm like, "Ah, I've seen Goodfellas and I'm good. But there's just, it's really the family thing that makes it so, like, you know, I think watchable and even rewatchable just of how the family dynamic is and how everybody just kind of loves each other and how everybody can kind of relate to it because like, yeah, you love your family too. I mean, I love my family. You, you love your family. I mean, it's just, it's a very relatable story and I feel like it was so, so worth it. You know, I, I watched it in like one sitting and I'm like, oh my God, I see it now. I see why people love this movie and why it's considered like one of the best movies ever made. It truly is. And, you know, the way that it's shot, too, for when it came out in 72, it's like, whoa, this movie it feels like it's light years ahead of whatever was coming out at that time. You know, it's just like the the way it was shot, orchestrated, you know, the the um, how the story was told, the perspectives, the um, the moments in it. Oh, my God, it's just so good. The moment when Michael, spoiler alert, kills the two guys in the in the restaurant is so damn good. The moment when Sonny, you know, gets hoodwinked into getting killed, crazy, just crazy, crazy, crazy moments. It's like you wouldn't have expected that from in a movie from the 1970s. You just wouldn't. But The Godfather did it. And I was like, this is, inc-. and and the way that it ends too and it's just like, wow, this is great. And, and the way that the the second movie, The Godfather Part Two, ends is just like, whoa, this is crazy. Oh, man. I mean, like, and it shows you, like, you know, the 
how the mob originated in New York and New York and how it was formed in New York and how it migrated to Vegas for some people. It's like, whoa, this is such a, this, this is an epic. Like this is so damn good. Both movies were so damn good, but if I had to pick between one or two, I think that I'm going to have to go with one because one had such crazy, crazy moments for me that I just was like, whoa, this was made back in the 70s. Like, they, they had this in the 70s. This is so crazy. So, I think that The Godfather Part 1 is like a perfect movie. Godfather Part 2 is great too. But, I think if I had to pick between the two, Godfather 1. For sure. Um, and that brings me to The Offer. The show that focuses on how the first movie, The Godfather, was made. And, man, that show is so cool, man. Because it, it just, like, brings back what classic Hollywood was back in the 70s. And just how everybody was so cool back then. You know, people partied. They made movies. They had fun. They, you know, went out. It was just, it was such a cool vibe to see that. And to see how the lot was, the Paramount lot. And I, you know... I've been to Universal Studios, and I've seen the lot in the studio tour, and it's just something that I love to visit because it's just so cool to see how that stuff is made, how movies are made, and it's it's very, the show is like very, very pro-movie, which I love because it's a TV show, and um, how movie the, movies are just like an experience to, you know, to, 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 to get the audience's mind off the harsh harshness of the world. And your day-to-day problems and just kind of like ease off that and just like, you know, suck yourself into the movies. Like it's just, it's so fun to watch because like it's clearly like, you know, pro theater and pro movie. Um, The Offer is a series and it's just like, oh, this is so nice to see. This is such a breath of fresh air. Like I, I, I love this. So if you have a chance, you know, if you have Paramount Plus, if you... You know, if you have time, it's 10 episodes, but I, I guarantee you it is worth the watch. It's got Miles Teller in it. You know, if you're a fan of him after Top Gun Maverick or you just want to see something decent or cool, watch The Offer. The Offer is so cool. I don't know how accurate it is, you know, to, you know, the actual events of making The Godfather. You know, but I, I can tell you this. The producer who made The Godfather is also, you know, wrote the book. That, that, that the show is based off of, and that person is also a producer on the show The Offer, so I would imagine it, it'd be pretty accurate or pretty truthful to what actually happened, um, so yeah, I would definitely give it a shot. Nobody's really put into bad light that I can, you know, I, I, I could um, assume, like, you know, there's some, there's some TV shows that do depict like events and they they kind of like you know you can you can really tell that they kind of swing things away just to make it entertaining <clears throat> winning time but as far as i can tell like nothing in this show like blatantly does that uh, that i can tell um but yeah really good show really really good show um i highly highly recommend it um moving on staying in tv shows I think that it's it's perfect a perfect time to talk about. Well, I've I've um, I feel like I've calmed down on the Obi Wan uh, stuff right now. Um, 
I feel like that show for me was very, very, very disappointing. And just, you know, not the show that I think anybody of us ever, you know, expected how it would, you know, turn out. Um, but this new show that's coming out in now September, um, Andor. I haven't talked about this much at all because I feel like the show itself kind of just snuck up on us. Because we, we kind of like, we're all talking about Obi-Wan and then forgot that Andor was supposed to come out. And because all of our attention was on Obi-Wan, then that, 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 how that show has to be the best. And it ended up being like, you know, just meh, at least for me. But, um, this show Andor, man, I mean, if you don't know what Andor is, is it's, it's a, it's the last name of a character in Rogue One called Cassian Andor, who was a defective of the, uh, who, not a defective, but a, 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 one of the first members of like the rebellion to help you know, start the, uh, you know, the rebellion against the Empire in Star Wars. He's one of the main characters in Rogue One, sacrifices himself, spoiler alert, to uh, get the plans to Princess Leia to kick off, you know, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Um, that's the Disney canon for you. Um, and, and I like Rogue One a lot. But I do think that there's another cut out there that, that will never see the light of day. You know, the Gareth Edwards cut. That is probably much more gruesome and much more brutal than what we actually got in theaters. Um, but, you know, that movie had a bunch of, like, you know, production hell, reshoot hell, bad reports, bad, you know, stuff happening. And the movie made its release date, you know, uh, you know, against the grace of God. But it's like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there that we don't know about that movie. And I would love to absolutely love to know what actually happened. But we never will. But, um... This this is gonna be this show is gonna be taking place like, you know, years before Rogue One, years before Episode Four of Star Wars, and it's focusing on like the the beginnings of the rebellion, the beginnings of, you know, the people rising up against the Galactic Empire and be like, you know what, you fuckos are just not good for us, and we don't want to you know be controlled by the Empire, so we're gonna you know resist it, you know rebel against it, and and you know this is the beginning of that. And I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm intrigued by the story of how it's going to begin. And we see the beginnings of the rebellion, right? They, they, they kind of, they went with this marketing tool, this marketing, uh, not tool, but like, um, I guess you could call it like, um, what would you call it? I guess like this um, event that they want to do, it's called televising the rebellion. That's what they, they kind of like talked about that in the Star Wars celebration, you know, back in whenever, I think April it was, like, they were going to televise the Rebellion, which is, like, I guess, in a way, like, put all these shows about the beginning of the Rebel Alliance on Disney+, Plus, you know, and, and build up to Star Wars Episode Four. You know, even though we already kind of did that with Rogue One, they want to go back even further. See the very, very beginnings. Even though we kind of got that too in Rebels and in Clone Wars a little bit, we were going to go even do more with live action, live action stuff. And uh, I think that the one of the things that actually surprised me the most about this show is how different it looks from, you know, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and even Obi-Wan. Like, it's been reported that the show uses a lot does not use the volume, which is the technology that they use in Mandalorian 
to, you know, create these, you know, over sweeping shots of like a giant vistas and stuff like that. But they're not actually at a location. They're just like surrounded by this, you know, giant screen that that don't get me wrong, looks really, really good, really, really good. But I think what this show is intriguing for me is because they're kind of doing away with that and going more of a traditional grittier, you know, shooting on location type of vibe. And I can see it. And I can, and I, I gotta tell you this, man. I really, really like that direction because Rogue One to me felt, even though it could have been more grittier, it, it felt like the grittier Star Wars that we all kind of wanted to see and wanted to see the struggle of the rebellion against the Empire. You know, you, you got that in episode four, five, and six, right? But those were weren't centered around just the rebellion, right? That was Han, Luke, and Leia's story. And they were always at the forefront. They were the leaders. They were always, like, you know, in the... They were in the shit, but they weren't, like, you know, in the shit on the other planets. That that also, you know, they, they didn't have, a, you know, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, or Princess Leia on the battlefield, right? Or their, you know, their leadership, you know? I want to see the, the rebels on these, you know terrible looking planets just get you know absolutely slaughtered by the empire because that's that that is what happened right for the empire to get that much control a lot of killing had to have been done you know and i think that that's what the show's kind of leaning into maybe not going for but kind of leaning into of how powerful the empire is and how powerful they are because uh, i'll be honest with you every single star wars property that has ever been released has only had the Empire, right? The Stormtroopers just being bumbling idiots who can't hit a target. And I feel like in this show, I feel, you know, I, I, I'm i not I'm not going to say they're fully going to go against their formula, but I, I get a feeling that they're actually going to try to make the Empire look menacing in this series and look like an actual threat that actually, you know, takes out people, right? You know? Um, and that's something that's interesting for me. Because I want to see rebels getting, you know, slaughtered, rebels losing battles, and rebels, you know, having to, you know, rise above all their struggles. Not just rise above because they're the heroes and they have to for the story, but rise up so and and defeat the Empire after they've been beaten multiple times, or even not succeed, right? I'm all for that too, you know? Um... And I feel that's what we're going to get in this. Now, I'm not going to totally go on a limb and say, like, this is what we, this is the good Star Wars. This is what we wanted. And this, and now they're giving it to us. I can't say that because they have burned me in the past. They've been very candy ass in the past about, you know, being different and being, uh, having a different tone and a different taste, but it's all been the fucking same. You know, the, the stormtroopers still can't hit shit. They suck at everything, and they get you know, they get fooled all the time. It's like I don't want to see that anymore. I'm done with that. Like that. That's so. It's just stupid now. Like it's just become so silly. And I, I think I would say like, with the Obi Wan series, that has kind of pushed me even more to the fact that I don't care about the Empire. Like don't even have them in the movie anymore because they mean nothing. They don't do anything. They just sit there and get shot at, and that's it. And they're supposed to be. You know, the mighty galactic empire. You know, how do they get this much control? 
of the galaxy, you know? Show us that control. Show us how they actually succeeded. Because they can't just walk in there and just, you know, take command, right? I mean, there's got to be some resistance. I think that this show, Andor, is going to show that. The struggle between that, the rebellion, and the empire. The tug of war, right? The battles, the guerrilla fighting, um, that kind of stuff. Show me that. I want to see that. Um, And I feel... Like, it's going in that direction. When I see these trailers, I don't see any of that bullshit humor that they're trying to pull. I don't see any of that, you know, lame-ass, you know, uh, joke to just take your mind off the plot because they don't know what they're doing with the plot um, to distract you. I don't see any of that, and I get a very, you know, espionage type, uh, you know, CIA fuckery type of, you know, vibe with the show's trailers. And I just hope that they can deliver on that because if they do and and it's actually very good then i'm excited i mean they 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 have i think so far for this season they have 12 episodes now if they're going to try some bullshit like they did with obi-wan and make them all half an hour i'll be pissed off because why do that when i just put on fucking television um but um but i'm just happy that it's more than like 6 or 8 episodes so much more happy because feels like there's more story to tell and more that they want to show when they have more than fucking eight episodes. I mean, really? I, I, I don't want to um, sound like a person that says, like, I need I need this many episodes for a show to be good. No, that's not it at all. But in the fact that, you know, how Disney has been doing their series is, you know, with pretty, you know, shitty episode lengths and not that many episodes, and like, oh, that's the story, wrap it up, boys, that's it, that's all we got, you know, it's just like, when you, when you hear that it's more, for me, I just kind of perk up a little bit more, because it's like, yes, give me more, give me more, I want more, like, I don't want any of this bullshit eight episodes, and there's already going to be another season that's planned, so that's good, right, that, that's great, that's fantastic, and um, I just hope it's good, I really, really do, I, I don't want it to be bad, it can't afford to be bad, I mean, this is, again, this was this is a show that was overshadowed by Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? And Obi-Wan Kenobi, in my opinion, took a shit, right? I, I'm, I'm hoping that this Andor show is better than Obi-Wan. I think it will be. I think it will be, but you never know with Disney. They, 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 put, out, they put out some banging trailers, and their shit becomes, you know, shit. So, uh, we'll see. But I'm, but I'm positive. I'm actually really positive. But, you know, my positivity can only go so far until I'm burned yet again. Last bit of news that I'll talk about is actually kind of funny because nobody saw it coming and no one thought that it would actually happen. And the fact that it is happening is, I guess, just really sucks for this streaming service. And that's the fact that Batgirl is no longer happening at Warner Brothers or HBO Max. And, you know, my way of saying it right then and there was the nice way of saying it. There have been articles that have said, and I quote, Batman, Batgirl, sorry, did I say Batgirl before that? I don't know. Um, Batgirl killed at HBO Max. Straight up killed. People have tweeted, you know, headlines and put up headlines that Batgirl has been killed at HBO Max. And the fact that, that the movie has like, Pretty much ninety percent done shooting and about to come out. I think I think it was, it was supposed to come out like next year. I think they straight up canceled it. 
it's not coming out. It will, it, 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 it will not be finished. It will not debut on anything. Not theaters, not HBO Max, nothing. It's just crazy to me. And it's all becoming because of this new leadership at 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 Warner Brothers. You know, Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery now. Um, I, I guess like the, the the whoever took over is like hmm, we we don't see a profit in in Batgirl. We're just gonna can it. You know, you know, not even make it. Try to get our money back. Nothing. Just you know, can it, cancel it, whatever. Um, to to me, that's insane. Because like, if you're gonna go like all this way to you know make a movie. And spend like I think it was reported like ninety million dollars and just not even show it, not even try to get any money back. It's like damn, dude. Like, like it's like it's almost the fact like these new owners or these new people in leadership are like, you know, we're gonna flip this entire thing on its on its head. Uh, we're going to cancel more movies, more TV shows. They've already pulled a couple of HBO Max original movies off of the service already, which to me was insane because it's like those are your properties like you're gonna take them off for what like they're yours and i guess it's because you know to 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 get the costs back down which is like it makes no sense to me because how how does a streaming service you know even make any more money besides you know just people subscribing right like viewership wouldn't give you money right like that like just because a, a thing is on there and you stream it for like so many hours you don't get money for that right Unless there's, like, something that I don't know about streaming services, which, you know, is definitely a possibility. Like, how do you make money on that, right? Um, it just, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But just, you know, how, how crazy that they were able to just cancel that movie and quote-unquote kill it is mind-boggling. It just seems like you know they're gonna reshape everything. I mean, like it almost seems like anything could be can be pulled at this at this point. It, you know, you could imagine that you know they might pull other movies, other projects. Like they could pull. I know they pulled that fucking stupid ass uh, Scooby Doo sequel. I think I think it was Scoob. The movie was called Scoob. I mean, be honest. Let's be honest. Who the fuck even saw that? Why you just call it Scooby Doo? Like, why you gotta call it Scoob? Why you gotta be like, we know what it is. Just call it Scooby Doo. The fuck is your problem? Um, but you know who's who's next? I read that it was because they didn't see it to one be a movie that people would want to see in the theater, and I heard that also they just kind of want to be done with that HBO Max thing. Like when they did that thing with the pandemic and put like a bunch of movies on HBO Max and in theaters, like, they want to be done with that. They want to be, they want to, like, produce movies that are, you know, made for the theaters so they can make money, which is, like, in a way, that's great because theaters are going to be back, right? Remember, there's a, there was a point in time where people were like, oh, are theaters ever going to be back? Will people go back to the movie theaters? Yes, sir, we will. I mean, look at Top Gun Maverick. It has made so much money and it's still making money. So just put out a good movie and we'll see it in theaters. You know, which is what I want. I, I want that. I feel like up until the pandemic, you know, movies were still great. But now that we had a pandemic and that we didn't have movies and movies were put on streaming services. And while that's convenient and cool and, and easy to do, it does not beat the theater I am so sorry, but if you make a movie for the theater, 
You just have to see it. Like, Top Gun Maverick, that shit was born for the theater. It was made for the theater. And seeing it in the IMAX theater, my God, so worth it. So, I hope that this is a good thing. I hope this is this ends up being a good thing. Especially for Warner Brothers to make their movies more for the theater, the theatrical experience. Because that's what it's really all about, man. That's what it's all about, baby. Um... Let's bring movies back into theaters. Let's make them make let's 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 make movies for the theaters now, right? That's just what I want to see now. Sure, you can make a movie for streaming services. You can make a movie for you know on TV or live on demand or whatever you want to do. But also make movies for the theater because when they are for the theater, man, nothing beats it, and it makes going to the theater so much worth it. I mean, that's why I feel like also not just Top Gun, but Dune made for the theater, made for the movie theater. And people, to whoever saw on HBO Max, you know, do you. I'm glad you saw it. If you liked it, I'm glad you liked it. But you definitely missed out on the theatrical experience with that. Just, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, take a chance more. Go to the theater. Especially if you, you've heard that it's great and it's good for theaters, you know. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't, though. All right, people. That's going to be it for me today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Remember, you can find this episode and all my episodes on, you know, uh, all the podcast feeds under Intelligent Moral with Alex Silva. Uh, this episode and these episodes in this podcast drops every Thursday at 6 a.m. And, uh, yeah, remember to leave a like, subscribe. Great review, thumbs up, do all that good stuff, comment, uh, leave me suggestions, DM me on social media, uh, do all that, all that's in the 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 the, uh, the, the, the description below, and uh, yeah, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, I will see you guys next week.